everybody and welcome back to another episode of the classic quest podcast where we talk about classic albums go through them track by track give our thoughts and opinions Mm -hmm. and well i guess our main thing is we really take time to go through them track by track today is a patreon requested album we gonna be talking about boogie down productions edutainment Mm -hmm. so thank you lindell williams for requesting that yeah um on that note we're gonna do the intro bit which you can feel free to skip by checking the description of this video for an itinerary of the whole episode Anyway, uh, we want to let you know off the jump that while we will be going through these albums, and we've gone through quite a few albums at this point, we're not experts by any means. We're just people with a thirst to learn, to grow, to just kind of understand what makes all of these different albums classics. What do people like in them? What is their significance and all of that? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our mission going into this. Um, Often cases we hear the album for like a week and then we talk about it which is kind of what happened this time as is the case um on that note we do care a lot about your comments and so we encourage you to leave comments about anything you want to correct us add to stuff we've said uh anything whether it's constructive whether it's to just put us in our place Mm -hmm. anything you feel is welcomed and no matter what i'm gonna answer you in the comment section as an example last week we talked about um outcast album I, th- I think it's AT Aliens and uh, oh, Aliens. Yeah. So uh, Chris RTJ goes, haha, loved how Bonnie, that's Bonnie, uh, pronounced the album AT Aliens. Lol. Glad you guys reviewed this album. Thank you. I go back and forth between this and Equemini. We'll get there as my favorite <laughs> Outcast album. I bought this CD from the CD bin at a Goodwill. Don't know if you know this, but if you open up the booklet, it's actually a comic with a story and a bio about them. So oh, that's cool. I maybe should have known this because we did the album <laughs> review, but I did not know it at that moment. So that's why the comments are cool because y'all tell us some extra shit to look for. Like maybe now we It's we've like the a- bonus features. Yeah, and since in a lot of cases y'all are with the act a lot longer, it, it's just cool that this community of people is so dope. And so we just want to foster that and turn it into something great and yeah. so everybody learns together. On that note, uh, special thanks to the patrons. It's Milgan MC, Chris Prado, Super Old School, 1994, Lindell Williams, and Carl J. Uh, so, Bonnie, who... What album are we going to be talking about today? (laughs) Well, as you previously mentioned, this week we are doing Boogie Down Productions Edutainment. Yes, and so the reason we are reviewing this, because sometimes y'all like to know, Mm -hmm. is because Patreon told us to, in this case it was Lindell Williams, um, and so we uh, decided to do it because that's what we... And so far, I've liked most of Lindell's choices. Like, they've been pretty good, so I was like, all right, this is probably going to be some good stuff. Um, Yeah. So basically then, uh, as far as this part of the show, before we actually get into the songs, we like to take time to just contextualize our familiarity with the artist, because that's super important. So if you've been down with uh, Chris's rhyming since back in the day, your relationship with him and how you perceive him as a teacher or however you perceive him is going to be significantly different than, say, the first time you're going through a Boogie Down Productions album or something like that. So it's just to keep in mind, and I think it's just interesting to also hear about your experiences and your connections with him, how you were impacted, all things considered. I think it, music's just kind of like that. Um, but what about you? Have you listened to uh, KRS-One or Boogie Down Productions before this? I don't think so. 
<laughs> so, All right. so I, I mean, this is like totally fresh for me. Like, I feel like I've heard of them and I feel like I've come across like something by them because the name like isn't new to me, but, um, and I, it's not like just like your book, but, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what I've ever listened to by them, but anyways, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I was, yeah, I'm excited to go into it. Um, like I've, I've definitely heard him rap before. Uh, I know that the song, what is hip hop with MC Lars is something I've heard him on, but I never listened to a Boogie Down Productions or KRS one album before this moment, even with all of our reviewing, like I've come across him featured on different songs before. I've just listened to a few of his songs, like sound of the police is something you just kind of hear along the way, I, I suppose. Um, I got this for Christmas, which if you can't see, I don't know if you can. It's the Gospel of Hip Hop, the first instrument presented by KRS-One for the Temple of Hip Hop. So I've been reading that and I learned that there's a difference between hip hop spelt with the capital H's and then hip hop is one word and then with a capital H at the front and then hip hop with no capitals and a dash and then a hip hopper. So I'm getting my knowledge on, which mm -hmm. I believe Mr. Karras one would appreciate that I'm reading this book. Absolutely. Given the kind of guy I understand him to be. Now, while I can't say I've listened to a lot of his albums or his musical catalog, I have listened to quite a few hours of this man talking at universities and shit because he's just one of those speakers where, like, his wisdom is super interesting and shit. Hmm. So I was kind of excited to this. And the reason we didn't do this guy earlier is because my buddy in Toronto was all like, you got to save him for me. Yeah, right. Okay, so that, you <laughs> try that. It didn't end up happening, so I forgot about them. And now we're here, and we're talking about Boogie Down Productions, and their, I believe it's their 1990 project. Yep, uh, uh, July 17th. And, um, yeah, so I don't have a lot more to really say about this album at this point. Um, I mean, I mean, regards to, like, my relationship with them, it's like, what we were just talking about. Anyway. Well, like the album cover. It's just him. Yeah, it's just him you. and Fred. And yeah, he, he looks like a guy. That's pretty much it. It is so regular. And he's got this intensity. Like, you know, he's willing to, he's not going to blink anytime soon. But like, really, it's just him staring at you. Like, mm -hmm. you about to get a lecture. And like, like, he's in the city. So, you know, it's kind of like urban sounding, maybe. But you about to get a lecture. The more I look at his face, the more I know I'm about to get scolded because I did something wrong. And if you think about the title, Edutainment, and then you look at that guy. He, he has kind uh, kind eyes. I'll say that much about him. But he, he does look like he's about to lay down a whooping with his kind eyes. Yeah. So, I really like the cover because while it's so non-distinct, it's almost because of the lack of flashiness that it really creates a passion. I thought that was cool. I, all the yellow shit all over is tacky. That's fine. It was 1990. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like the title, though. The combination of education and entertainment. It almost yeah, sounds I'm like... Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, But, like, I mean, I get, like, why they did that kind of, like, education and edutainment. And, like, capitali capitalize, like, the edu and education and, like, the tainment and entertainment. Um, but I don't know what, like, the placement is really random and weird. Um, like on the album like cover itself, but yeah, I mean the, the title is cool. I like the title. Um, anyway, it's uh, gonna be a bit of a lengthier one because it's 21 tracks. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a 21 tracker. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start with Exhibit A? All right. So we start off with this Exhibit A, which 
you know, what do you think about that? You're like, so this is going to be an argument or a proof or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's something specific. And we know there's multiple of these just by looking at the track Evidence. list. And um, so it kind of starts off in like this live environment with like people cheering and hollering and getting excited. And then KRS-One kind of steps up to the mic and almost describes what rap music is just like in a intellectual way what is this mm-hmm. and it's short and it just starts it off like it just sets up its little premise but what do you think about it yeah um i mean pretty similar you know like it's kind of like cheering in front of like a, a studio or not not a studio audience but just like in front of an, any audience um and um he talks about like rapping the the voice of black people and it's actually like the the last voice of black people um and he talks about um cultural kind of appropriation of like all the other type of music um in america and it feels like pow- powerful it feels very like honest um and like very you know, pro-black and, like, pro, like, taking care of, like, your own people and just, like, that kind of, like, feeling, but, like, in, like, a positive, in a positive way. So, um, I found it was a very good intro and it definitely, like, sets the tone for the album. So, I gave it a four, uh, 4.75. That's fair. I mean, I've been saying for a bit now, like, the whole point of an intro or if you're going to do something like this is to kind of set the pace for the album to take you out of your world and get you started. So, instead of just dropping the first song on you, Karis uh, wants you to really think before even getting into it, what is the point of rap music? And I think that's a cool thing because, I mean, for one thing, the point of this album is going to be to make you think more than anything it's else. very message-driven. So he starts off like, what is everyone buying it for? Why do people care? And then what he perceives to be as the truth of this is going to be that this is the last voice of his people. Black people created every other music you hear, and all of them, rock and roll, etc., was stolen and kind of turned into a different thing. But it all has African music in it. And all African music exploiting itself or coming out of all African music in all its music. And you have what is called the American Music Awards. So you have what is called theft. So when you think about it, considering all the music that is heralded and praised by American culture can trace its roots back to African music in some way or another, Mm -hmm. to even call it the American Music Awards is just a fucking farce. I'm not a huge fan of award shows. She hates it. I I just, I don't like them. I think they're political fucking nonsense. I mean, the Junos in Canada are kind of okay because they do force Canadians sometimes to actually get shine. Like Swollen Members is an example of an award show going right. They went viral because they won because the Junos, at least back in the day, was fair. I don't know about today. Do you guys remember Swollen Members? Do you guys know them, like, wherever you're from? Because uh, swollen always brings it home. <laughs> anyway. Um, I try to remember the, the, the words. But then he, like, Sukaris so kind of ends it with, and what I would like to bring out today is rap music as a revolutionary tool in changing the structure of racist America. So something I have found through hip-hop is it has enlightened me as a white person to the level of ignorance I was once facing. And the more I read and the more albums I hear, Mm -hmm. the more I recognize how ignorant I was to a lot of situations. And still am about a lot of things. You know, there's still lots to be be learned. 
so when I think about what he's saying here, where like rap music can be used as a tool to alleviate racism by holding true to the purity parts of the culture, mixed with what I'm reading in his fucking Bible-like book, like it's literally written like it's the Bible. I'm not that far in, I'm one eighth of the way through. So already though, if, if hip hop is meant to be something that educates, fights poverty, raises consciousness, you know, that kind of thing, it's really cool to see him decide to like take this album and almost dedicate it to explaining it's almost like a dedication that through this album you'll learn how you can use rap music as a revolutionary tool and what that really really means so given his education and shit i just thought it was really cool on the other hand it is just a low quality recording and krs talking to a crowd kind of yeah so from like a sonic perspective I love the message and I'm inspired by hearing him start off his album like this. And let's say there'd been a bit of a beat or a little schnaz to it, I'd definitely give it a higher mark. I respect but, but what I it like is. I like the rawness. Like it felt like you were in like maybe like a like a small room with like, you know, just like a like a shitty I mean, kind of I, kind I, of like I, building or something so with just like your community members I there. I don't hate that part of it. Like I, I admire and I respect it. But mm -hmm. when we're talking about what I want to listen to, it wasn't like the message was way more interesting than yeah. the actual delivery of the message is what I'm trying to convey. Okay. So like if you are watching this, Chris, I like your message. Um, <laughs> I gave it a 4.1. I think it's well put together and it does its job exactly like it's supposed to do. But I've heard some stellar fucking introductions lately. And this one, by comparison, is not a stellar introduction. It is a practical introduction that already has me thinking. And I said, fuck, every one of these songs is going to make me think, isn't it? <laughs> um, I don't know. You want to go on to the next one? Yep. Black Man in Effect. There are a lot of concepts that might get explored on this album that we don't talk about. That's just due to time constraints. So we're going to focus on the stuff that like popped out, you know, more than trying to talk about literally everything in these songs. Because my first thoughts is, holy shit, like you can pretty much Google most of this song and get your education on, you know, maybe not like literally when he's waking up and at noon. If you Google that, that might be a little bit boring, but <laughs> I don't know. When you start to really like think about what he's trying to do, it's like to have respect, you simply knew and nude. He heard what I had to say and felt uh, as though you'd say too, I'm not down with the juice crew. I'm like, what the fuck's a juice crew? I mean, when you're looking at this from my perspective, all these years later, there's a lot to like look into. So history yeah. gets dropped, but I really like, as he goes on a little bit later on on this song, you know, I don't preach hate. I simply get the record straight. It's not the fault of the black race that we misplace. We robbing and killing your own medicine, your taste. You build up a race on the concept of violence. Now in the 90, you want silence? Well, I want science, not silence, but science, scientific fact about black. That was kind of a better example of, oh, fuck, there's going to be some shit to think about in Google. Like, what does he mean? Mm -hmm. You know, why is he talking about this? What's the difference between black science and white science? And at first, when I heard these terms, I was like, that's dumb. We should just have one. And now I get the point. Now, as I literally watched my government rewrite history in Quebec to, like, alleviate, like, the cruel things we've done and, like, black people don't exist, apparently, and all sorts of other shit, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, silence is kind of bad. You know, like the fact that we can go back in time and like, oh, that book said a racist word in it and it was an honest reflection of society. Well, in 2019, that shit's offensive. So fuck it. You know, like, well, whoa. 
It's like, yeah, do you change the history of, like, somebody's, you know, like, memoir or a story that somebody wrote if they use, like, you know, language that we wouldn't find appropriate today, but, you know, you don't... Like, it's just weird to, like, rewrite it because then it doesn't reflect the truth of the times. And then another great line is, you know, a little bit... It's talking about every Tom, Dick, and Harry, you know. So now you learn your own black history. It's questions and answers. Every question about the Black Panthers, uh, Timba... Uh, so every question but that. And it makes me wonder, in, in America, you guys watching it, what do you all hear about the War of 1812 when Canada stormed in and burned down your White House, making it the White House? <laughs> I'm personally curious, as a Canadian, how America spins that shit. Because yeah. we get, like, we burn their fucking White House down. <laughs> we actually had a... We celebrate. Like, that were... was dope. Like, that's how it gets painted Like, for in us. 2012, it was like, yes. 100 years since we torched that... <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's... Two, is it 200 years? No, uh, yeah. 1812? Yeah, 200 years. Okay, so maybe the math <laughs> failed in this moment. Anyway, so... I mean, now that you can kind of understand how, like, well, maybe you don't, but the reality that I'm seeing is that history is literally kind of being rewritten in a, now it's not just black history, it's just all history seems to be being rewritten, so I guess everyone was right, um, if, you know, they, they came for certain groups first, but they're coming for all of us, and that's something I really believe in, so if you're poor, they're coming for you, uh, by poor, I mean middle class is poor. Come on. The world is not what it used to be. <laughs> yep. um, but Or maybe in America it's good. In Canada, the middle class is trash. Uh, I don't know, but these sciences are hidden for some strange reason. It's forbidden to talk about or converse in a political outburst. I don't believe that I'm the first. Or should I say the first one or the first one that's done? Music, like I'm still number one. But music like that, this is an incredible uplift. Those that oppose get dissed, but those that will oppose the teacher when society's erect. So check the black man's in effect. And so you get the sense that he's kind of bamboozled and shocked that all things considered, especially with a beautiful platform like hip hop where you could discuss anything in the world. Nobody wants to teach. Nobody wants to lead, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's still dope because of his willingness. But at the same time, talking about certain subjects is just so taboo and so forbidden. And, and that's not changed. It's like, if anything, it's gotten worse. So it's very fascinating just to read this and see this now. And then, I don't know. I've been talking for a while. What do you think of this song? Um, I mean, I, th I thought it was really like a cool song. Um, it starts off, you know, with basically him like screaming like, wake up. And mm, so I missed that. Yeah. And put books in your head. Yeah. Read, motherfucker. You know, it's just like, you know, he wants you to like wake up from like maybe like the, the lie or like the, the ignorance that you're living in and, you know, learn the truth and learn the knowledge and, and just, um, you know, take things in and read a book and, you know, understand like what's going on in the world. And um, it really, like, captivates you and, like, really gets you listening because, you know, he's basically screaming at you and, he, and he's got a message for you to hear is what he kind of wants. And it's a really smart song. Um, and he, he wants science and he wants, like, real, real like, black history taught. Um, uh, second verse. Yeah, and he's, he's trying to be, like, a positive role model. Um, and he's basically reminding black people that they're important and that they come from like this, you know, beautiful and rich culture and, you know, that they have like, you know, 
like a heritage to be proud of and to to hold and be like wow like this is who I am like this is where this is my roots this is where I come from like that's so cool like he's trying to like you know make it like a like a good thing um and yeah and like the beat uh, it was you know it has a really cool sound and I like the beat and um it was very like message driven and like I said it's really like a cool song so I gave it a 4.5 yeah, I mean, as far as the second verse goes, he kind of goes into how everything uh, descends from Egypt, basically. Mm-hmm. All of it, from the Bible, is kind of preposterous. And um, anyway, how it used to be this great place where of all knowledge, where people would come to it. I mean, I've even seen potential reports that, like, ancient Egypt had electricity and like a pop in civilization back in the day. I mean, they've done some incredible shits, all things considered. Um, but then we get to this really interesting part that I really like to focus on. Um, people from all over the world uh, come to learn from Egypt, Egypt number one. So people believe in Greek philosophy, know your facts. Egypt was the monopoly. And if you think about it, Alexander the Great did conquest through and basically take over Egypt. And in a sense, at that point, could have just stolen all the knowledge. And if at that point, history is written from the point of the victor, it is entirely possible that Mr. Alexander the Great twisted who was responsible for certain pieces of knowledge simply to promote his culture and civilization as the real things. But then he goes on to point out how, um, prove it, well, uh, here's the answer. 640 to 32 BC originates Greek philosophy, but in that era, Greek was at war with themselves and Persia once more. Any philosopher at that time was a criminal. He'd be killed, very simple. This indicates the Greeks had no respect for science and intellect. So how the hell you created philosophy when you kill philosophers constantly? That's Google heaven. That's like (laughs) you could spend three days just reading shit related to that paragraph. And he goes on and he just kind of points out that like everyone needs to understand to realize that where the black man comes from is the origination of all life. And I mean, it's definitely not shit I normally think about, but it was so well crafted. Yeah. I mean, I have no reason to doubt that KRS-One is not fact-checked all this shit, but it does make me want to go learn it more for myself and understand it because he does put it in such a clear-cut, I'm going to explain it to you kind of way. And then when you realize the depth of what he's talking about, it's really just so powerful. Like, there's no nothing wasted. It's just thick, juicy content. Um, the beat's all right. This is going to be a 1990 album, so I, I'm not expecting to enjoy all of the beats I hear, but I want to give credit to the groove as it's very minimalistic, kind of stripped down, and you just feel him over that groove of the beat, and it mm-hmm. just is proper to listen to. So in this case, four and a half on five, I thought it was a great song. And yeah, um, the next one is You Know The Rules. Mm-hmm. All right, Bonnie, how do you feel about this song? Um, so he's kind of like shouting out locals who have been like, you know, like in like the game and like been like, you know, involved in like the, I guess like the rap scene and everything. Um, and then he kind of also talks about like, no matter your like religious beliefs, it shouldn't like change a person like striving for knowledge and being like a great person and like, you know, the betterment of yourself. Um, and it's basically like a song telling you that, um, knowledge is power and that's just kind of like the overall kind of theme of it. Um, he feels very different from other rappers or at least, you know, 
yeah, pretty much. I was gonna say like of his time, but I feel like it, it's it was probably more of his time and less of today. Like I feel like there's people, you know, I don't know, I don't know. This is like a really like a unique artist, just the way that he he talks about everything so openly and clearly and in like a, a, a very accessible way. Um, so it's a very good message, and I gave it a four point two five. So, I mean, the intro part comes through, and I believe it's D-Nice, who is uh, the first time we've heard him on the album. He's part of the crew. I believe he does a lot more of the beat stuff. I'm not Mm -hmm. 100% sure their wiki page is scattered and all over the place. (laughs) Um, KRS-One comes in, and right off the jump, well, the teacher comes to you in effect from a different style, a whole different sect, and Jack Force and Intellect, when I hit the mic, suckers hit the deck. So, I mean... I feel like it reminds me of something like a Jizza in terms of just other people or, uh, you know, just those guys who want to come in with their superb brain power and through the creative knowledge, they're going to be the illest MC. And I mean, otherwise the rapping is the rapping and he's excellent with this because mm-hmm. he also has this passion and this teacher where it really sounds like a college professor spitting rhymes at you. <laughs> and I really think it works so well. But part of it is just... What he says next, I come correct and practice what I preach. I mean, you you realize that he's preaching, I'm fucking smart because I read books, motherfucker. I hear this kind of like, and I mean, I'm reading books too, so I'm like, I get where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, you end up learning a lot and then you never run out of shit to say and you're always learning more about what's going on and then you just try to educate and other, you know, so. If the thing is- about that is that is, I don't, I'm sure, like I know that you're also like dealing with that too, is that sometimes, you know, you're learning all this stuff and then people just have no idea about the things that you're learning about and so you're trying to talk to them and they're just like, okay. And so <laughs> I kind of just like the fact that he's taking this albums to like, respond like no this is the kind of mc i am you're gonna have to listen to what the fuck i have to say you know i don't pimp you or rule you i teach that's his point he has messages he's dropping his messages to be all end all of it mm-hmm. coming through the doors and slap up whores ordering them put up their uh put back on their drawers because i run their pimp when i leave he leaves with a limp shrimp i got the tartar sauce i never underestimate the power of force of the intellectual because i guess Knowledge reigns supreme. That's what KRS is. So KRS one. I mean, it's just fucking powerful. You know, it's just like the idea that he has no fear of the other side of life because he knows that through knowledge and power, he he comes through and he's basically protected and he's killing it. It's kind of braggadocious in that sense, but there's some other interesting things. He's like comparing himself a bit to other rappers, but horrify and terrify the super duper rap guy because you're soft as a lullaby while they sit on their throne looking while i'm walking the streets of brooklyn of harlem queens bronx i'm even out there walking in compton so what you're seeing here is even though he could be materialistic etc he doesn't let his position in life get to him he's actually out in the street he's actually hearing what the people have to say yeah so he stays grounded and he always knows because he's always schooling and he's cooling because he's in schooling and people you know fooling literally those are the rhymes he does i just having fun there um and then you know he's saying don't ask stupid know the rules and then the second verse he's kind of follows on suit he just i like his open-minded approach you know 
the curriculum of the school criteria. In fact, I learned what I found inferior there. I'm not a Muslim, but I do support them. My father in heaven taught me and taught them. I'm not a Christian, but I won't diss them. I'm not a Jew. I don't practice Judaism. I'm not a Buddhist, but a Buddhism master. I don't eat beef, pork, nor diet Shasta. I don't know what the fuck Shasta is, but you know, you get the sense that he's saying, I kind of respect all of these different philosophies. Mm -hmm. I'm not really with necessarily all of it, but I learned about all of them. I understand all of them. It's like he offers respect to it all. I mean, if you skip ahead a little bit, you got wealthy artists spending money loosely. You ask about the cultures, they talk about Gucci. I mean, I wonder what Chris had to say when he heard Versace, 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 Versace. Like, I want to know what he said when that was what he heard. <laughs> like, it's almost prophetic in a sense. Metaphysics, yep. the science of life, and how to live free from strife, walk with ease and no disease. Understand that I and a breeze in the trees or oceans and seas and the B and the P, D and the P's. You know, like, you just get the sense that he's onto some next level knowledge about how to properly actually be a productive and effective person and shit. And also how to live that life healthily in a, in a, in a non-hypocritical way he's about the people and he's about growth and he wants to share everything he has with you and it's just fucking dope um i love the drum patterns on the beats but man this is where like that culture gap of what i like versus what this sounds like kicked in a little bit so i love the message i think he's an excellent mc an excellent pristine lyricist in terms of what he has to say but this is a little bit hard to listen to just in terms of that beat sounds old it sounds old the okay. vibe sounds old so i appreciate this a whole lot and sub subjectively i'm not the biggest fan in terms of whatever i feel like i listened to this and it was a great message but there's better ones on it the overall but objectively i really think this is excellently put together i can't deny how well that production flows the right emphasis is put on him and so eh, 4.25 i admire what the fuck this is this is really good shit yeah so uh all things considered let's move on to exhibit b all right what a fascinating exhibit here because it's from kwame tour right i'm not really do you know who that is um i don't know who uh who that is oh i think he's um no i don't remember who, yeah, who so i read no. who it was <laughs> but it's interesting because on another song he's featured and on this song he's, he's not. not yeah featuring in the 90s what an odd time <laughs> um <laughs> what's fascinating about this is it's basically a lesson in context and time and place and shit so it's pointing out how one person by themselves is kind of irrelevant mm -hmm. um there's some fascinating historical examples of like two or three people doing the same thing like that guy in america who like yelled the british is coming and like saved a big deal in america i don't remember who that guy is but there was like another dude who basically did the same thing but nobody else carried the message and that guy is equally as brave as the first guy but history forgot that other guy just because nobody carried the message in the same way i think the point being made here is that um the way shit is set up is it's the masses of people. It's when a collective force of shit happens. Yeah. And he's saying shit like even a cursory glance at the philosophalicious presentation of the Ameri history by the American capitalist system will demonstrate just this. So, you know, take George Washington, put him in that valley surrounded by British, he's fucked. Put him in the right crowd surrounded by Americans, got his back, the spirit of the times and shit, he's got an army, he's ready to go. And then he flips it and goes with MLK saying, imagine Martin Luther King in the wrong place, he's kind of done talking about racism. If he's surrounded by yeah. racists, put if him in. If he's by himself. 
And in the same way, if we tie this back to exhibit A, we're learning about how rap music is a tool for revolution. We're learning now, point two, to create revolution, you need to unite minds in agreement to back behind a force, and then it cannot be done by himself. So the team and the squad and the evolution of a culture moving towards a unified goal is interesting. And just on a side note, something I find fascinating is we see all these crazy uh environmental developments in all these countries with homogenous populations where basically everyone's the same kind of person so they're all unified in spirit and they go but i live in canada where we're a big old melting pot of everybody and we're so divided we can't get shit done so it, it really goes to show just the more united your country is in spirit the more it can accomplish fascinating yeah so this is some real knowledge in my opinion i mean i give it a 4.5 because while it has everything i can say about the first one really it just made me think so much that i have to give it the credit because it's such a good mind fuck yeah um i mean it's pretty much the same thing it's you know it's 51 seconds so there's really not too too much else that's going to like you know i'm going to get from it that, that you already did um you know just that it takes you know more than one person it takes like a whole community and a whole backing and like when people um like align themselves with something powerful and stand up to support something um you know when they stand up for like kind of what's good um then it will make a difference and like he's just trying to like unify um especially like the black community um and people who support the black community to kind of gather together and he uses um george washington and mlk like you said as examples and um and it's pretty much like a powerful speech by somebody that kind of knows what's up and he's talking truth and um, he's bringing light to, to history and just kind of saying like this is truth and it, um, yeah I mean I really liked it I gave it a 4.5 as well alright the next song is about beef like literally the cow beef <laughs> um, so about a few months back I made a choice to stop buying beef because the beef industry is fucking evil and it's destroying the planet and yeah. as much as like you don't understand it's, all I dream I about sometimes so is like tasty ass hamburgers and ground beef and pasta sauce and mm, shepherd's pie so good but the <laughs> truth and you know what nothing is a good supplement it's just none of it works it none of it tastes quite right but when you listen to a song like this in 1990 <laughs> and when you realize that the knowledge was out there so long ago and how much we all lied to like yeah. let's talk about the dairy industry in canada they're real mad that the canada health guide doesn't want the dairy industry to exist but the dairy industry is also responsible for the cereal industry popping which just poisons children with sugar mm -hmm. and then why oh because you need milk right so like lobbyists and shit it's all bad news bears but if you don't want to yeah. believe my favorite part of this song is actually uh beef what a relief when will this poisonous product cease this is another public service announcement you can believe it or you can doubt it and i'm like i mean yeah it rhymes and stuff but he's like listen i gotta tell you this believe <laughs> me or not let's talk about the cow yep how it gets to your plate and then he talks about how the cows are pumped up with 21 different hormones which make it grow faster creating stress creating artificial things people which people want more 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 and all that stress and all that shit goes into the meat like to a point where it cries right before it dies in this unsanitary like slaughterhouse where shit's all gross and then they pack it up and send it to your supermarket and meanwhile so, this was the 90s i don't know how i feel like things maybe you know if they were maybe terrible at this time I feel like they've probably gotten better, but they're still not yeah, great. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll see. Um, well, it depends and, on the butcher. 
red and bloody a corpse neatly packing you wonder about heart attacks i mean let's be real sugar come on sugar is a real bad guy there uh, i'm not saying beef isn't let's be real we should all probably not eat as much meat as we do um come on now man let's be for real you are what you eat is the way i feel so if the fda will tell you meat is the perfect combination and then he kind of points out how cows live under fear and stress so if you eat that what happens to you and then he points out that literally it's all meant to be like addictive and that beef and shit is a drug meant to control and it's actually a drug for everybody not just crack which is for black folk and he just kind of recommends that everybody reads the book how to eat and live by elijah mohammed it's a brown paperback and what's fun is when we reviewed k reno he actually included that in a list of books he felt everyone should read as well so yeah. i guess we're gonna have to buy that mm -hmm. and uh i mean Let's say I was expecting a diverse array of subject matters to be covered on this album. <laughs> this is this just hit me like so left field and caught me so off guard. Look, nothing he says is wrong in this song. Like it's all like, yeah, he's he's right. He's yep. and I'm I'm almost glad I no longer I'm buying beef and I mean I might eat it here and there if somebody else buys it for me, but <laughs> no, I mean like I'm on a lunch program at work. If beef is lunch, I'm gonna eat it. That's what it is, but it does make you question a lot and then you know what about all the other meats and what about all of this and i think the intention and the knowledge he drops in this song it makes you wonder why are more rappers not going on about i mean some are but why are more rappers not going on about food like this you know it's such a key fundamental part of life like why have i never heard more songs on this type of shit anyway yep. so i mean it's goofy like do boom 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 whatever kind of sounds it just comes off like that it's like this fun silly song about beef that's dropping real knowledge about why you shouldn't fucking eat it i have it a 4.25 i just i'm, I'm kind of bamboozled by this song <laughs> yeah i mean i definitely thought this was a very interesting song um and it's definitely not what you would necessarily think of when you think of like a rap song called beef like you would think of you know maybe like it's a, an argument or something between you know some somebody or somebody else where he's talking about you know beef that he's in or whatever but he's actually talking about the food so i thought that that was kind of like interesting um and he's basically here to, to deliver some like knowledge about like the food and you know obviously more specifically the beef and meat industry um and it's a very like interesting and telling story um and i don't know like how how much of like this kind of knowledge was um out there in 1990 um if, and like was accessible like this is pre-internet time so i don't really know like what you know people were reading or how this kind of information got to them people aren't reading this now and they have the internet no but like i feel like there's more like documentaries that like everybody kind of knows about and like has seen and like you know kind of gets like the gist of it like we've all seen I mean, at least one documentary i think as much as you might have i'm certain i know people who have avoided it on principle alone maybe okay, I mean, you're like, right there's, they there's know been they like the, the google day like there was that one day where there was like the whole video where it was like showing something from like every, like around the world every hour and like they showed like that as well like slaughterhouses and stuff um so anyways i just feel like it's like unavoidable but anyways um so it's you know and they're talking about like the hormones and the drugs that they're pumping into these cows and like how it's like the stress that they live under and all these medicines and how the, the cows be become like addicted kind of to like these drugs and then how we become addicted to like the meat 
um, which is also pumped with drugs. So it's, we're getting our drugs from like another source because we're getting it through the meat that we're eating, um, you know, instead of like the crack or whatever else, you know, that's that we're giving, you know, money to. Um, and so that he it's he's obviously trying to like get people to kind of, you know, look at the different options and maybe like make different choices and to kind of like maybe steer away from uh, eating a lot of meat. And, you know, if you want to be like a healthier, um, healthier person, I guess, and, you know, have like a bigger impact. And I like that he talked about, you know, how to eat to live um, as well. And I feel like, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to <laughs> pick up a copy of that. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily the most like fun song to listen to, but it is definitely some like edutainment for sure. Um, it's like a, a definitely like a, a topic that's worth, um, talking about. Um, but it's very much not talked about, uh, in, in rap or in gen, in, in music in general. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. I think it was a 4.75. I thought it was interesting. All right, um, the next word, it's a uh, house. I feel like the song Coon by Willie D is really similar in theme to what KRS-One <laughs> is going for on this one. Yes, yes. Because we just talked about what Bonnie did a breakdown of that. Mm. And as I heard the song, and then I heard this song, and I'm like, oh, that's a similar theme. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about this one? Sure. Um, so it's basically like the lies that the government, um, or he talks about like the, the, the lies that the government is hiding can all be like found at the library, but people don't ever go to the library. So like, like it's all like publicly available to them, but like nobody goes and looks for it. And so they put it in the most like obvious place that no one's ever going to check for. So, which is kind of interesting and you know, you should, you know, learn more things. So... As he approaches, because KRS-One's coming to find the truth, they got him. Yep. And, yeah, song starts. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, you know, he tries to, like, destroy yeah, KRS-One. And uh, because people don't believe that rap is an art, but it is, and it is, like, a form of, like, of art, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's he's say, calling himself a black revolutionary, and I definitely agree with him on that. Um, and he talks about like the, that a house blank is like kind of like a snake in the grass because they're kind of working for like the white man. Um, and like you shouldn't trust him and you shouldn't like put up with like racists and people who support racists and things like that. And he talks about how people are hypocrites and you know, they'll say one thing, but they'll, they'll their actions prove differently. Um, and he's basically a teacher through rap. He's, you know, describing himself and he's kind of exactly as you were saying he said you know he he says don't be like a sellout or like as like willie d would say a coon um and you know <laughs> and and just be true to yourself and true to your people and the color of your skin and um yeah i mean again another good message with a good beat i give it a 4.25 yeah i mean he he kind of like just comes in strong where it's like he's like i'm going to be misunderstood and you know maybe i love i love when he goes maybe i should write some songs like mozart because many people don't believe rap is an art and i know people that still don't believe rap is an art so that philosophy is not fully dead um and then immediately wake up shake up hypocrite look alive Blastmaster krs1 will revive four or five million still deprived on how to survive wake up and realize and it's just like that's his point he recognizes how many people out there need this truth need this message and while other people aren't going to give it to him he's going to come and he's going to make sure it's there um 
I like how he's like, Mary, Mary, quite contrary, doesn't make sense in my vocabulary. And here he's kind of discussing how these fairy tales and nonsense is just bullshit to him. So he's coming in with strong stuff and he kind of describes the difference between the house and the field, whatever. And like how, you know, when you're out there working and you're trying to make some shit versus the guy who's kissing ass to get that extra bit of success. And that guy's a snake who's going to sell you out and shit, as you pointed out. And then, you know, he kind of adds in to the court of righteous people black white or indian we are equal so all your racist codes i'll decode explode and eat you like apple pie a la mode which is delicious <laughs> i don't really like apple pie unless it's at the, a la mode but i also just like the immediate next line on a hot day so he's eating pie on a hot day and then he breaks his grammar as though the lime you know the rhyme scheme and the grammar aren't necessarily following each other don't bring me to no ham hocks because round the clock i'll kick their butt talks I was like, man, <laughs> he just said the talks there. Yep. Anyway, and I really like how he then goes, then I'll stop. Nope, April Fools. And I'm like, mad cares. Well, that's hilarious. And then the second verse is pretty strong too. And, you know, he, he kind of follows on. I feel like it's very much in the same sense of he's going to teach all these proper subjects and he's going to be making the more intellectual, well, what this album actually is, like dope, topic-driven, mm-hmm. with the tense of teaching. Um, on my shelf, uh, you see, so many rappers are preoccupied with wealth. On my shelf, yeah, I got titles. Other artists want belts and idols, World Cups from seminars and conventions, competitors, and not to mention the award shows for pimps and hoes and every other hypocrite that flaunt their clothes. And I think one of the remarkable remarkable things about this out al- the album cover of this project is how stripped down and boring his clothing is and shit and it's something i've been thinking a lot about lately is how like just imagine we just bought boring ass basic ass label his fucking clothes at the cheapest amounts that we could afford to and we didn't put money into that industry we'd be saving the planet and we'd all have more personal wealth but no we live in this fucking society where all sorts of shit comes out where you're forced to spend money stupidly to fit in anyway that's just what it is krs one knows so he grows always something different from the average joe so they confront and wear the biggest chain but it doesn't write albums i believe it is the brain and, you know just in general he come he just finishes it up and it's like he recognized the need for a teacher in this industry and so he decided to go ahead and do it and i find that inspirational and really dope and in general this is just like a really fucking cool song for what it's trying to put out and when you consider how many rappers have pointed out how vapid hip-hop can be in the threat of this and when you really really stop to think that one of the best songs in the last couple of years is bad and bougie cooking up dope with a uzi <laughs> you know like as a weird line for such a famous song you know fucking yep. on your girl she had thought 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 just feels like while i love that song because it's a fucking hype song in terms of enjoyment to listen to it doesn't exactly make me think yeah and maybe that's by design it's a it's like drugs you're supposed to vibe out to that shit and never think so i don't know the fact that i can get challenged by listening to music is something i kind of want more of as opposed to less as i get older and wiser true i agree um i like the beat on this one i feel like it really kicked into something dope like this was a this was the best one i think i've heard so far i gave it a 4.6 really enjoyable and uh i think it's time for exhibit c okay so 
BDP is a black revolutionary, for, first for the upliftment of Africa, but also for everybody. So, exactly. Yes, it's black first because that's his priority, but us honkies up in here, we can totally get that message and still <laughs> use it. And it goes a little something like this, and then it's the next song. And that's about all that's... I don't have a lot to say. Yep. He's just trying to bring a positive message to and, like, about black people and just trying to, like, get everybody to be better, to better themselves. That's pretty much it. I think that it gets a 4.25 because of how well it works in connection to the next song in the way it segues into the intro and to kind of move the topics along on this album. By itself, it might not be a lot, but it really does work on this project for what its its job is going to be. Yeah. On that note, love's going to get you material love. So that beat kicks in. And the very <laughs> first thing that happens is, yep. this track is tight, you should be clapping your hands. Clapping your hands. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, they, they sampled this just because that's how it works out. Mm -hmm. So then I got, holy shit, this shit's six minutes and 40 seconds long. It is a good yep. thing. I fucking love this beat, Lego. Yep. Um, this is a story song. It's, I think, our first really big, like, connected story. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts off um, where he's just in junior high, and he doesn't hit the arcade or anything. He's just kind of broke. There's no He's a smart kid. Very smart, but he's broke. Um, and in front, he sees this boy named Rob, the local drug dealer, and he's popping. He's got the nice car, and everybody just you know shakes his hand. Everybody's cool. So he goes upstairs, and it's just with his sister and brother. And then he just kind of sits down to watch TV, but they hear like machine guns and shit, and like it's just normal. It's just kind of what it is. No, it's regular. Another fast brother shot dead in the street. You know, uh, and he goes back to class. His mother is fucking working her ass off. Sister's cute, but she ain't got nothing to look fly with. Yeah. Him and his brother share three pairs of pants. So everybody's kind of a loser. They eat rice and beans and shit. And every day he sees his mom struggling. He looks for work. He gets dissed like a jerk. He does odd jobs, comes home like a slob. And then here comes Rob. His golden chivalry. And he gives him 200 for a quick little drug delivery. I added the word drug. I do it once. I do it twice. Now there's steak with the beans and rice. My mother's yeah. nervous, but she knows the deal. My sister's gear. How Now a sex appeal. My brother's my partner, and we're getting paper. Three months later, we run our own caper. My family's happy. Everything is new. Now tell me what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. And I believe that's the first time I heard him swear on this album. And I'm like, hey, Chris swears when appropriate. And then, well, I mean, they're they're kind of they they now have money, but they're depending on drug dealing, and which is fucked up. And when you consider the fact that the I minutes mean, it's trying to put into you a perspective, the mindset of how a person in an impoverished neighborhood who's going through the worst of circumstances will end up in that life. That's yeah. the point of that verse. But no matter like how realistic. good his intentions are in life, and then there's that like chorus where you kind of point out you're falling in love with your chain your car and when and the more you get this materialism in your life the more you come to love it you end up with that the fuck am i supposed to do mentality mm -hmm. and the second worst the money's coming over he's getting more of a geo more than a thousand a week he drops out of school gets a new tv they get guns and he's watching those commercials like just say no or the other one i love is when they say this is your brain on drugs i pick up the remote and just turn because not bullshit i'm not concerned and then you know like the fact is, these ads are there, and everybody sees it, and it's like a fucking joke, and they just turn it off. Like, he doesn't have to worry about that shit. It's never going to change the reality as he jumps in and starts doing his shit again. He's flossing around in his brand-new shiny car. Now mm -hmm. he's the new guy. And then what happens is his bullet spray 
him and his they, brother are in the car. And then it turns out that Rob, uh, it was Rob that did it, and his brother got hit. He wasn't dead, but he was like fucked up. So now they're in like mm-hmm. a war mentality. And in that third verse, um, it turns out it was Rob. So he comes back at him, and they're firing at each other. And then he ends up in a situation. And as we ran, there were the boys in blue pointing their guns at my four-man crew. They shot down one. They shot down two. Now tell me what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. And I like how every line uh every verse ends with that what the fuck am i supposed to do line but the tone changes each time as the seriousness gets up at first it's like you're caught up in a cycle then you're like boy hits you up now the cops are gunning down your friends and like what the fuck are you going to do in that moment your life's over it's just done and then on the little outro he's like a lot of people believe that the word love is a real sop and when you use it in your vocabulary like you're addicted to it it sneaks right up and takes you right out so for future reference remember it's alright to like or want a material item but when you fall in love with it and you start scheming and carrying on for it just remember it's gonna get you so the point of this tale is that it's okay to want shit but don't let that consume you. And I know people who are consumed by the wealth of the money and what they can get with it. And yeah. so I, I, you, you and, all know it too. And he's giving an example because, I mean, he's clearly lived it. So he's kind of saying, like, I did this. Like, look at what happened here. My brother got shot. You know, you know, all this violence happened. Yeah, okay, we had stuff, but it wasn't worth the trouble that it caused. And, you know, cause, so he's basically saying, like, money isn't always the answer. Stay in school. Be happy with what you've got. And, um, you know you'll you'll get money once you're done school and once you you know do what you need to do yeah i gave it a 4.5 i thought it was a really great story mm-hmm. parts it reminded me a bit of the fresh prince of bel-air theme song in the way he's rapping yeah i guess so and not not that they sound the same but that like story kind of flow from yeah. that era um it was really cool yeah, I gave it a 4.75. I mean, great story, great uh, message, and I feel like it's something that is still relevant and something that's going to be relevant for a long time, unfortunately. All right. Uh, the next one, it just feels like the sound goes completely left field on this one as we talk about 100 guns. Okay. So Bonnie and I never agree on music because she likes happy music and I like miserable sounding music. <laughs> This is it. This is happy music about this miserable things. This is how it's things. done. It's happy music about miserable things. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm like, well, I'm driving in my car, cross country, that 100. Whatever. I can't do it right. But you just, you're just like bouncing. You're like floating as he's describing this story yeah. of being around with a bunch of cop. Well, the cops come at him. And then they pull him over. He's got guns in the trunk. So, you know, they're asking for IDs. He's like, was I breaking any laws, officer? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yes, you passed county line. In these parts is now a crime. I said, is that so? He cocks back his nine. He busts two shots. I'm going to buy the boy head top. His knees just a buckle and his body a drop. Me put in the car and a drive. Me did not stop. When I get to New York, I'm going to get up shot because he's got 100 guns, uh, 200 clips, and he's going to New York. I don't know, man. This is a fucking interesting song. Yeah, it's well. It's also like I love like the the islandy like reggae influenced sound on this one. It just sounds. I, like I a, love it so much. Literally describing a gun smuggler heading over to New York. Yeah, and how he just kills up like the cops that pull him over, and he just and carries on with with his merry he's way. He's in the hotel, and then the cops are like, "We had to play surrounded." So then he picks up his nine. He's like, "Pump, pump, pump." First cop, I hit the ground. Pump, pump, pump. Second cop, I go down. Me jump out the window trying not to make a sound. I just does the whole song you like this. You have to hear it. If you don't know it, you have to hear yeah. it. It's so fun. And then 
I start up the engine, bust the barricade, all because illegally I want to get paid. Pump, mm -hmm. pump, pump. There goes my tire. It spawns yep. out of control. The car's on fire. Me jump out the car, put my hands in the air. Cops surrounding me with pistols everywhere. They put me in the back seat of the car, handcuffed. They're like, you'll never, uh, you'll never sell your guns now. I said, it doesn't matter. You'll sell them anyhow. You yeah. take the guns from me. You sell them for a fee. And you put it that they'll get to the city. So still... 100 guns, 200 clips, all going to New York. So the fact is, whether it's this gun smuggler or dirty-ass cops exactly. pushing it back to the industry, the guns still get to the community and the deaths happen. All that changes is that the boys in blue take the money and profit off of it as opposed to this fine gun-dealing gentleman. Yeah. This song blew my mind. I gave it a five. This was my favorite song, I think. Yeah. This might be my favorite song on the album. I can't say it for sure, but it's right up there. It's so... It's just so weird. The juxtaposition of this story and that sound and Karis one he's like he sounds happier on this song killing cops than he does anywhere else on the album, I think. Mm -hmm. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean like I don't really have you know, that's the story is kind of what you said. Um, you know, and then at the very end he yeah, he you know, the cop tell him, tells him that he's you know, he's not gonna like get his cops to New York and he's like, well, Yeah, whatever, but you're gonna make it happen because you know, you're you're just as corrupt, basically, and it's still going to end up in the hands of criminals, just like, you know, the police and everything want, because if you have a gun and then you're going to use it to commit crimes and then you're going to stand out as a criminal, because a good criminal, folks, always keeps a low profile. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it has a great beat. Uh, it's a powerful message and it's an awesome, awesome song. I gave it a five on five as well. All right. Sometimes when sometimes you're struggling. Yep. So, uh, why, why don't you take <laughs> this one? Okay. Um, well, it's got a really sick beat. I really like it. It's very like seventies, like bouncy. Like a... It's kind of like it's very something. It's it's very seventies though. It's funky. Um, and so it, it's and this is the one where it's like featuring Kwame Torre. Um, anyways, but so. He, he's kind of like not a fan of like the effeminate man, uh, effeminate black man specifically. And then he's kind of like, well, how can you call yourself a man if you behave in certain ways? And um, like this is definitely like a song that you could not do today necessarily without getting into like some sort of trouble in some communities. Um, but like it definitely makes sense like at the time. Like I get how it kind of happened. Um, and I liked all of like the in between kind of like like uh, continuing of like the speech by uh, by Kwame. It, it was like really cool, like the kind of like back and forth how like that worked. Um, and if you're not happy with um, who you are, and if you try to look like another culture and you try to look like some something that you're not, it's wrong no matter what. And you should just be what you are and accept it. And like you know like any changes that you make to yourself like those won't last and like your true self will eventually make its make its way forward and will show itself um and so i mean i give this a 4.4 because it has a sick beat and i loved the the format of the song but necessarily like the the topic didn't it's not as timeless like the the topic that they're talking about I don't know if I agree about the topic not being timeless. I think the delivery would be misinterpreted today because of the parts where it kind of sounds like you're shitting on drag queens. Mm. Um, but I get the point of it. Now, let's, let's go back to that first line. Africans in America try to identify totally with their master in every respect. They're the only ones who cannot do it, but they are the ones who will go to all extremes to check it out. They cannot be disguised, but they will attempt to disguise themselves. 
Now, this makes me immediately think of the autobiography of Malcolm X, <clears throat> where at the beginning, he spends like a whole fucking large bit describing the process of getting that conk hairstyle and it was a painful thing and like just the extreme extents to basically look as white as you can so i mean right off the jump we see that the premise is not to shit on people per se for being effeminate it's to shit on people for not being unapologetically themselves in and so if you're going to give up your masculinity you're going to give up your identity in an effort to be better accepted by somebody else's standards that's the problem now i think that's still a relevant topic today and i think that that's something that if anything we're now calling it cultural appropriation and we're now discussing it in a lot of different angles hmm. so while i understand how like you know he's unhappy with men dressing as women and we also have guys doing it today so like it's still a relevant thing you know mm -hmm. um i mean i first would wear aware all the meal men the feminine look seems to be the trend you got eyeliner on chilling and maxine so see you're a man with hispanic extraction so what i'm asking is playing to see are there any straight singers in r&b i don't think he was happy when it came straight to rap music this is not really just r&b anymore I'm trying to be Mr. Tuffy, and in fact, you're Mr. Softy with the beige contacts on. You lost me. And it's like, I get where he's coming from a little bit, right? So when you look around, and if, you, if we look at the kids today, it's like, I'm not necessarily one to judge anyone. But when you see everyone kind of giving up any semblance of identity, trying to just blend into this colorful mesh of androgyny, it's a little bit weird. Like, how can you expect us to have like a future in a sense if everyone seems to be willing to throw away their identity to fit in? Which is, I guess, the point of what he's coming from. So maybe yeah. if you are one of those people that hates your identity and you've redefined yourself and you're like the exception, I'm all for it. But when it becomes a popular a pop culture trend to throw away your identity to appease other people, that could be a problematic thing. And you describe surgery or like people will lighten their skin or, you know, like if you look at all the products being used in hair, like why can't your hair just be what it is? Why does there have to be the standard that straight hair, the whiter you look is better? You know, when I was in Pakistan, yeah. when I was in Pakistan, I literally saw TV ads for vagina whiteners because a whiter vagina is better and you basically bleach your vag. That is the ads I saw. This isn't like I was there in 2013. And so this isn't that long ago. And, you know, I know that according to Malcolm Gladwell in the little anecdote at the end of the Outliers book, he describes how like people would literally try to become whiter through generational breeding and fucking to a whiter capacity. And then, you know, I recently found out black men were forced into homosexual acts as an emasculation tool. And when you start adding in all of these different factors, it becomes a different statement. Yeah. It seems like there's this systematic effort to make black men not be black or men anymore. And there seems to always be black men as the ones that get targeted in this type of shit. I think it's shit. just that, you know, I mean, if, I, if we want to talk about about history and everything, um, I mean, I'm just going to, like, assume that this is where it stems from, is that, you know, it was like the white male master um, was obviously scared or intimidated by the powerful black men and wanted to, like, put them down and make them not feel as powerful and remind them that, you know, he's in charge when really, you know, 
they could have, you know, taken him over or, like, done whatever. But, like, they, you know, he was just kind of brainwashing them and, and things like that. Like, that's kind of, like, how I would imagine where it kind of stems from. Ah, I, g- I gave this a 4.75. The beat is really cool for the subject matter. Like, it really flows well. And it almost, like, to sum it up, it's just attacking how people rent a culture that doesn't mask shit. Because let's be real. If you're black in America, no offense. And you do some shit like straighten your hair and you put on a suit and you try to like blend in with middle class white America, you're still black in America and it's really apparent to everyone. Like you can't hide it. And I think that's what bothers him. It's like you're trying so hard to hide it to pretend like you're going to fit in. But like a racist is going to see you and think you're black no matter what. But I think that's also different too. I think that, you know, people can dress in however they want to feel. And if like, you know, if somebody is, you know, at a school, like a preppy school or something like that, and it's, you know, all mostly white students or something, then they're going to try and fit in with everybody else. They're obviously not going to stand I mean, out I, and wear like, l- listen, you know, baggy uh, this, jeans and chains. This isn't you know? like, oh, <laughs> everyone have to, Look, if you're going to a uniform at a school, that's cool. But let's talk about like at the workplace where like, you know, you don't really have a lot of people repping their own cultures. Everyone has to walk in and wear the same kind of outfit and shit like that. And, you know, why is that? It seems like the conditioning is act like middle class white people or don't make no paper. You know, that isn't this is 2019 observations that in my life and seeing how shit is. You think I don't get told that my beard is inappropriate and my hair is a little bit too long. Like shit doesn't change sometimes. Not trying to compare my plight to anyone else that's black. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say that if I get harassed over my fucking beard, I can only imagine what it's like to be fucking black. Actually, I mean, like, I knew two guys who who definitely, like, you know, they were proud of, of where they came from. And, you know, one of them used to, well, I mean, sure, he still does, wear, like, you know, like, African necklaces and things like that. And, like, they would show that they were, you know, where their culture was from and kind of, like, have, like, that. Like, you knew that they were, you know, kind of dressed up like that. And they, they definitely had... Um, they definitely struggled at work and they definitely like, you know, I'm sure that they weren't, they were kind of looked at differently from everybody else. Which is whack. And which is crazy. And I feel like both of them have gone on to, to kind of do like their own entrepreneurial kind of thing because they don't fit in with, you know, what's expected of them in, you know, middle class working America or Canada in this case. even what you just described, part of the reason I'm so into doing this fucking channel and getting the fuck out of corporate america is i was asked to cut my beard at one point or told that i couldn't meet with clients over my beard i was like are you fucking kidding me mm-hmm. fuck corporate america sorry if my bosses are watching I'm sorry if i offended <laughs> anybody with this it's just i mean you I should think, be allowed to just be who you are yeah i mean the whole goal of what we're trying to do here is Chris wanted us to talk and discuss, so we're talking and discussing. And that's what I think the goal of a lot of this kind of music is. So <laughs> we're really curious to hear what you have to think. And I just know that when speaking on issues like this, it's good to let you know that we do know we're white and that this is a little bit of a distance and we're doing our best. <laughs> just just in case I cross the line, I don't know who's watching. I'm trying to be non-offensive in 2019. It's a very challenging thing when you talk about real shit. Well, in that case, let's talk about breath control. Too. Do you have breath control? Sure do. Oh yeah. This one is fair. I have a lot to say on this subject in I general. Don't. 
So this one's calling out rappers who can't fucking rap and have no breath control and be able to actually go ahead and spit your rhymes properly on a stage in front of a whole audience of people requires breath control. It's actually really fucking hard. And when you do your verse to a point where you can replicate it live, I noticed from experience I spit live before, you have to actually like figure out exactly where you're gonna fucking breathe at every song because you need to make sure that your lungs are full and you have to be able to inhale in like a split second, like go from nothing to full. I mean, in certain cases in the podcast, and shit you'll notice i can just keep talking literally uninterrupted and it's really not hard why because i put a hell of a lot of effort into breath control so that i can maintain that kind of a flow and not have to worry about it so i do know what the fuck he's talking about now let's talk about the live performances i don't know about your city but i'm a i started performing in 2012 and i would go to stages and i I never ever did this, but other people would hit play on their fucking record and you would hear their whole vocal track at half volume and they'd rap over themselves. And you, I'm sitting there like, like, you guys fucking rapping over you? And, and I found out you're not allowed to talk about that. It's rude or something. But, <laughs> like, look, you know what's rude is doing that in the first place. No, but hear me out. I understand it in a sense, maybe if the whole point of your show is to mosh with your crowd or something maybe if you're like a walk a flock of flame and you're really putting on a show per se as a high energy performer because even the britney spears and shits with all the crazy dancing and shows would lip sync and it's forgivable because you're getting this show yeah. out of this situation but buddy's just on a stage by himself and he's just spitting some shit and like it's not even him spitting he's doing his own punchlines and shit and he's like doing half the like and i've been to enough local shows i've seen this time and time again or they get 30 friends on stage and you're like what the fuck man when i hit play <laughs> i'll be honest with you that recorded ad libs are at half volume and it's i put the hook at half volume because sometimes you want to talk or something in the hook and you don't want to have to do it so i do put the hook at half volume but if i spit some really fast shit or some crazy shit or whatever i can do it live or i don't perform the song it's as simple as that and i've got like it's just what it is and maybe i sound cocky but i know how to fucking perform because i have breath control so hearing this song was really fun and i think i just kind of broke down what the fuck his problem is through my description of my problem with certain local acts i've seen in fact straight up if i see you perform live just the fact of your audio track being there or not says everything to me about you as a performer fuck i don't even have a hype man i just do it me by myself so when you even watch eminem doing rap god he has a dude in the back who carries him a bit so he can take a breath i am just saying that is that's just stuff to watch for my friends when you watch your performances i digress tech nine makes excuses about his live performance needing a hype man and shit i bet krs1 if he was doing that shit in the studio would be doing that shit live without the hype man absolutely and that's what i have to say about that so i think it really comes into the authenticity overall this is a fun flowy song kind of doing what it is uh i kind of liked having a funner song to talk about right after the last one it was a good thing but it still also follows suit and showing that through knowledge of skill and oneself you are an ill performer if you have to rely on tricks you're a shit performer so i got a 4.25 yep um i mean it's got a nice beat it definitely feels like real music 
Um, and, you know, they can do this live. They kind of talk about, like, you know, he's, he's like, you know, what, what you see is what you get with him. Like, he's, he's not, it's not going to be sounding completely different from when you see him live to when you're listening to him on probably cassette at this tape at this, at this point. Um, and he talks about Willie D. And I was like, Willie D., I'm so confused. And then um, I later found out um, when I did more research that it is not like Willie D. from Houston. Yeah. I, we, I definitely had my doubts. Like I was we're like, talking I about the ghetto so. boys, Willie D. And then it wasn't him. And I was like, there's no way. And I looked up his timeline and I was like, I'm like, he was doing this stuff in Houston at the time. I'm like, there's no possible way that they were working together. And, and they yeah, weren't. They weren't. It was a different Willie D. Anyways. Just goes to show. Yeah, but coincidence, I guess. Um, and it's definitely like a, a slower rap flow on this one because he's definitely trying to like impress you. Um, and it's basically them saying kind of what you said, um, that just the way that they do this and that the way that they can control and the way that they can carry on song after song after song um, is just because they know how to breathe properly and they practice, um, you know, breath control and they they've come prepared so that they you know they sound the same you know like again as they're on their on their record um and that's how they can impress you they practice hard they know when they're going to be breathing they know the steps they know how to breathe properly like in any like um, auditory like training that you get like you learn how to you know whether it's singing or acting or whatever else that you're doing if you know how to project and you know how to breathe properly and like how you can control it then you're going to have um, you're going to be able to do a better job. So it's a very good song to listen to. I found it was kind of an odd, an odd topic, definitely something that you don't really hear about, but definitely at the same time, it's something that's very important with, you know, like I said, vocal performances. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it was fitting but weird, but like he's kind of like that. So I, yeah, I, I gave it a four on five. All right. Now it's time for Exhibit D. Okay. Would you believe this is not the first fucking song about taxes i've talked about this weekend because on two chains uh <laughs> rapper go to the league the last song really goes into taxes you know because uncle sam taking grams out the bag i think sam's taking grams out the bag i thought it was great if you haven't heard that two chains project i'd love to hear what you thought about it if you have heard it but if you have not i recommend checking it um it's a little commentary on taxation uh, all you white people out there think you're down with America can forget it because they tax all of us, all of us one by one. Just take a look at Leona Helm Helmsley. Taxed her. She's white, I believe. They threw her butt right in jail. She ain't nothing but another hoe according to this system. You ain't pay her taxes, hoe, get back in jail. I think it's a fascinating point of view because often I think white people feel, oh, America's got our back. America cares about it. But no, America's a fucking pimp. If you pay, you're good. If you have your money when they ask, you're all right. Otherwise, you'll get your ass beat no matter who the fuck you are, even if you're a white woman who one would think would be protected from all I, this. I, looked, I, I had no idea who she was either, but I looked her up and she's definitely looks like like my mom or something like she's just like a white middle class and, working uh, woman you know. she was quoted according to her former housekeeper saying we don't pay taxes only the little people pay taxes you don't want that when you're on trial for tax evasion because yo when it comes to tax evasion they even got al capone everybody that's what they get you for yep don't fuck with the government 
Um, but I like the fact that he took some time to talk about it. But to me, this was like fucking boring and out of place and just kind of, I mean, it's important, but we didn't really like, Yeah. what was the point? The point of this, I guess, is even white people got worried about the tax man too. Yeah, I didn't really, like, honestly, I didn't really get this one. Like it just, it definitely, I agree with you. It felt a little bit out of, out of place a little bit. I mean, it still dropped knowledge. So I gave it a four because like it, it made sense. It just made less sense. Yeah, I gave it a 3.9, mostly on my own ignorance, I think, because I didn't know what was going on. Maybe. Chris thinks he needs some edutainment. Thank goodness. All right, Bonnie, how do you feel about the title track? Well, all right, I'll get into it. Do it. Um, so it's interesting. It, it has like an old schooly kind of a beat. Um, I think it was maybe like inspired by like 1920s jazz. Like it kind of has like something like that in it. Um, and he's kind of saying like he's made a name for himself. He's not in it for the money, but for like teaching and for like, you know, inspiring people with his words and getting messages out there. And he's he's a poet and he's here for that. And he's speaking to his people. And then he talks about. Um, you know, like how he'll he's he's gonna give the same autograph to everybody, pretty much, and um, the piece of paper that he signs for you is basically just that. And what's more important um, is that you know, like if you lose the piece of paper, it's not a big deal. You should cherish more the message that he's he's teaching you and um, the music of his you know the message of his music. And he says that. Um, and that Allah, Allah will always be there for you. And I bet you like this at the time was, you know, if it was, you know, heard, I bet you it was kind of a scandalous song and clearly he's not in it for the money because, you know, something like this would not have gotten radio play, I don't think, um, talking about Allah in like America, um, you know, but he's, you know, he's not really, I don't think he's necessarily for, you know, uh, I think follows he, any particular like, I, God. I definitely think he's... But, influenced by the nation of Islam. Yes, but I don't. Yes, I was gonna say. I'm like, I think he's influenced a little bit heavily by that, but I don't know that he necessarily follows. But I think he just means like in terms of like God, but he's talking about Allah uh, because he's talking to black people, and that's you know they're from, a lot of them are from Africa, right? So I don't know enough about the nation of Islam to comment, but I'm pretty sure I, that's. A, I don't want to go too much into that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but anyways, um, and he's kind of saying that like blacks were, were hung by Christians and that's kind of why he has, first of all, he said, Jesus is black and they hung him for speaking out. Yes. That's what he kind of says. And then, uh, so they nailed him to a crucifix. Then, then it was that way today. It's a trigger. So why is the Pope such a political figure? I don't know, but it's really beyond me. But through knowledge, they'll never call me because from Jesus Christ to right now, every time a black man speaks up, kapow. I mean, that, to me, that's pretty fucking blunt. Yeah. yeah. Jesus spoke up about the right kind of things. And if you ever listen to what Jesus preached in the Bible, the words that Jesus allegedly said, it's never the shit that people appropriate with what Jesus allegedly said. They take what Jesus' apostles said in letters after the fact and quote it to Jesus through ignorance, just as a fun fact. So if Jesus was that pure person, that teacher leader, and they killed him, and he's a black man, it really is interesting to make a claim like that later on, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like if the Christians really heard Christ, the black man never would have lived this life. My point is that do not concentrate on what I say, create a debate. I might be great, but you might admire. But what I say is to take you much higher. <coughs> so, like, something that's always bothered me about a lot of the Christian communities is the amount of hate and self-righteousness they harbor. Like, 
I grew up going through churches and shit, and it's like, how are you going to call yourself a loving Christian where you're supposed to put others before you and, like, you know, turn the other cheek and love thy neighbor and shit and then be racist and then God hates fags posters and shit like that? Like, how? Conflict of, like, like this doesn't make sense to me at all personally. Anyway, I like this song. It was pretty fucking cool. It yeah. just makes you think. It kind of serves as an embodiment of his mission statement for truth and education <laughs> in light of the fact that there's mixed messages everywhere. So I gave it a 4.35. I like the beat. I like the feel. But there's a few I liked a bit more. But still, the concept's dope. And it's, it's just amazing to see how he uses his platform on every song to talk about something different and related to educating you as the listener. Yeah. Well, I think like when he's talking about like the like the religious stuff, I think he's talking more about like focusing more on the message and less putting less like you know so so much like into like just the leader like focus on the message that you mm. should be bringing across and I think that's what's important to him and he's kind of saying like you know he's not going to be swayed by anything else um, and he just kind of wants people to go out there and learn for themselves and don't just listen to like what the popular opinion is you know like search for like the truth and um, follow his message and that's kind of like the, the most important thing that he that he can that he wants you to learn from this album really is just to learn to keep learning to to, to be better and i 100 percent agree with you i actually wrote that down that i i think that this is really his his miss his mission statement for for life really for what he he's trying to do in with his music with his poetry with like you know whenever he's talking to anybody i think that's what he's trying to do is just to encourage everybody to be better um, and it's pretty amazing, honestly, and um, it sounds really cool. I liked it. I gave this a five on five. I mean, I really appreciated this. All right. So the next track is called Homeless. This has like the most spoken word poetry hippie vibe. Like you yeah. just picture the beanies and man buns ready to go <laughs> on this one. And the drum, the guy just playing the drums. Yeah, yeah. That's what I picture. I mean, I maybe even that is not the best image that's what i picture but then he comes in you could call a man a bum with the disgust on your morning run because he lives outside in the street but don't know this you fail to resonate that the one you so despise reflect yourself because every black man is homeless and you're like okay you could take your alka seltzer with you talk about shelter you might even want to talk about it little alone because no matter how rich you become you'll always be two not one because believe it or not america ain't your home so like right off the job, he's like, you could judge homelessness from your wealth and your position of success, how you could do super fucking well as a black person in America, mm-hmm. but you're still a black person in America. And even like from the language of how black people are, are described, Afro-American or African-American, it's like saying you're not really an American, you're a subspecies under American. Because yeah. to become fully American, you got to take out the word Afro. So in a sense, you have to give up that African culture to become an American person. So Afro and black and are American, while theft is, uh, sorry, uh, Afro and black are African, theft is American. So how can Afro-American make sense? Your ancestors come from Africa by stealing them. Now you're born in America. So the black man is homeless, though, even though he pays rent. And, you know, some black people will be like, we built this place, we're America, but on the black race, well, let me make this topic known. And he compares to the Japanese who are doing well and shit. But really, if a Japanese person wants to dip out of America, they can always go back to Japan. In the sense, 
because their culture is doing well, there is a place to go.、Mm-hmm. Where isn't a person in America going to go back to Africa? In a lot of cases, there's not a lot of shit that's really safe, maybe over there,、uh, and it's and not also, the same like, thing. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, like this was it's it's a bigger. Time gap too, like you know, when like the original ancestors were taken in the 1800s,、right. it's you know those tribes and those things like that. A lot of them just don't exist anymore. It was just completely eradicated, so it's they don't have any place to return. The the people are all gone and、That's、killed、true. off, and everybody was brought to America. And blacks are actually prisoners of war. If you really think about it、mm-hmm. from a perspective, what that means, and then I like it was like because while South Africa continues to fight, we try our best to look at more and more white. Proof that the blacks haven't been stripped of their core, or、uh, sorry, have been stripped of their core. Well, I guess I didn't sing and dance enough for black radio to play this stuff. For this ain't soft like ice cream with a sugar cone. And I'm just really fascinated. You know, he ends up saying you, every black man is homeless because he ain't got no home, and it's just such like a. I mean, he's right when you when you think about it. I mean, I'm when I say he's right. I mean, the way he frames his argument really sells it. Like, this is not your culture. This is not your people. I mean, even as a Jew, I have every right to emigrate from Canada and go to Israel and technically be in my home, regardless to your feelings about Israel. That's not the point, <laughs> but that's an option to me.、It's、so your even, Aliyah, isn't it? So every Jew has that option, you know. Even Jews have that, and you know, like everybody has that in a sense. But you know, black folk really don't. They're just、Homeland. African Americans. There's nowhere for them to go. There's no option for them to leave. There is no home. And then because they're not even able to have a home in their new land, there is no option like Israel for black people in America. Yeah. Which is just interesting. I mean, I thought the song was just like it was fun to listen to in the sense of like you just you got this vibe going and you just spit some knowledge and wisdom. Them on you, kind of sucks you in, makes you think, does what he's been doing this whole time. Four point five on five. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say differently than what you said.、Um, I mean, he definitely speaks clearly and slowly on this one because he definitely wants everybody to understand and hear what he is saying to you. Like this message is a powerful one,、um, you know, and he's he's understanding that like. That black people are still suffering even today, and that we don't have necessarily a place in this world, and we're trying to like make this place, and that you know they're so they're struggling, and it's just like they're constantly being pushed down and pushed down, and not taken seriously, and and not,、um, yeah, not helped out, I guess. And so, I mean, his opinion is very clear、um, that you know. Like these, you know, black people in America can never be the same race as Americans because they're all white people. Like that's kind of like the the differentiator.、Um, so it's pretty interesting.、Um, yeah, and he definitely knows that this song won't get radio play, but he's going to say what he he wants to say because it's the truth and that's what he sees and what he knows.、Um, so yeah, I give this a four point four five. All right, the next one is Exhibit E. So this kind of talks about. Lincoln's speech about no longer being a slave and etc. etc.、Mm-hmm. and、um, his grievance with that speech in of itself is how it limits black people's history to starting as you are slaves and you are now free, which isn't really true, since as we've learned earlier on this album, the history is extensive and pretty much everything in American culture stems from Africa in some way or another. So, the idea of limiting African history to slave times, to what's recent, to how we perceive it today, is just ignorant. Because African culture and history spans back thousands of years, and as a black person, 
it's it's almost offensive to imply that you were ever a slave. You were a person who was stolen and taken. So yes, you're the way that it's written almost condemns you to being a slave when in theory it should have just been written an African is a free man as opposed to you are no longer a slave and this that just even from that doctrine level language there is conditioning in place to keep you down and I thought that was super nifty and I gave it a 4.5 because it's another one of the speechy things yeah exactly I mean um, it's 38 seconds so it's pretty short <coughs> and sweet um, he's back uh, you know we're getting like the same sort of thing where he's you know giving like his his speech in front of like public again or whatever public place he was or maybe he's at a different place but it's a continuation of what's going on um you know and he kind of talks about that and like it's more the the mentality and that lincoln freed them of of them of that mentality that there are still slaves um but you know and he's kind of saying like but as long as white people continue to think that or other people continue to think that you know then then black people will, will still be seen as slaves you know and not as equals um so it makes them you know have like that disadvantage to to everybody else if they're still looked at in a certain way by those who are running the world essentially i guess um or running america um so it's very i think it's giving like some really powerful thoughts to think about um and this is you know again he's continuing to spread his message i give this a 4.75 i think this is really powerful and, and important all right, the next one I feel is like a bit of the live experience with the Kenny Parker show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was recorded live or if it was fake recorded live as in they did it <laughs> in the studio to make it sound live. I really don't know. But for real, this to me is like, so you've got all this studio shit. You've got all this stuff. Let me show you what a live experience is going to be like because how do you know I'm for real? How do you know this is the energy I bring? So I like to picture it as being a live thing. You get the little intro hyping shit up and then it's like the beat goes in. The crowd's chanting and KRS-One just fucking rocks the fucking party, you know? <laughs> You're just kind of rapping. A lot of the similar themes on the more like braggadocious my knowledge brings in. I'm this more skilled. I do it proper, you know. Yeah. I might go first and he'll go second. I'll wreck him, deck him, say to him, just checking the mic, dropping fresh styles. I like to throw your hands up and drop your mic because I'll go third. He'll go fourth, about a fifth. You'll diss, you lost, you know, whatever. I think he's going back and forth with the DJ and he's just kind of bouncing it over. I couldn't figure out who the people he was bouncing with, but he's just kind of rocking it through. You know, BDP rocks consistently from Criminal Minded to 1990 because that's where they're at now criminal minus the first album why well here's my secret baby here's a hint the public pays me uh so you can call me public servant not a king but a teacher i believe i earned it uh so i just walk around my bike if i walk to a jam well, i'll rock the mic and it just kind of fucking goes it's like it's just there um and he flows on and he just keeps rocking i had i couldn't it wasn't so much that the rhymes popped out at me on this one i found myself really just into the energy of the track and i was really just listening to him rock it like you can hear some cool things like voice effects getting added and like mixed in and the crowd like flipping out and shit uh, you know he's still humble he just spits he does all the shit but you can almost just picture him walking into the party picking up the mic off the dome just saying whatever comes into his mic just spitting this shit and on that note i felt like i was in the crowd i felt like i was right there i felt like the energy and i was just sitting in my chair of course i wasn't anywhere but it, <laughs> it felt like all of that i believe kenny parker is his brother and i think he's the dj i might be wrong he might be a rapper i don't really know who he was i failed to google that i didn't get too into it i do remember reading he's his brother i think i hope either way um 
I liked it. It was just, it was just so fucking fun. It was just so alive, and it kind of like, because again, with the denser subject matter, it's cool to have this like funkiness to kind of bring you up, so that you're ready to receive maybe some more dense shit a bit later on. I gave this a four point five. I thought it was pretty great. Yeah, um, it, it is definitely fun. Like that's how I would like sum up this whole song. Um, and this was you know, we had Willie D featured again. This is where I was like, I'm looking this up. And so yeah, definitely not the Houston rapper. Um, and he's in front of like the, a crowd, I believe, and they're cheering him on. So I think it's I think it's a live thing. Um, and like no matter what, he can um, he can't be beat. And like you know, like no matter like what order he's put in or like whatever they try to like mix him up or whatever, he's gonna like win in any sort of like rap battle. Um, and he kind of talks about that he's like consistently making like hit albums. Like, you know, everything he does is like polished, is pristine. Like he knows like what he's doing. Um, like he's, you know, he's a, a master essentially at what he does. He's a master of ceremonies. Um, and he makes you know sick music and he's going to give you sick lyrics and he's not stopping and basically if you um it's basically just him like going and going on and just kind of like showing off that he can like spit and like you know he can continue to make like these cool beats and he can make these lyrics and, and that he can win no matter what so um and, and if you're like just kind of like getting by I, I like this line um at the end sorry if you're if you're just getting by at the uh, if you're just getting by, yell out, all right, all right. And I thought that that was, like, pretty honest and definitely something that a lot of people, probably a lot more people, would be able to, like, yell out to because everybody's just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're doing all right. So it's, like, a pretty, like, a normal thing, I think. And, yeah, and it was fun. I gave it a 4.4. .4. All right. The next one is something I do believe Chris brings to the table, original lyrics. Mm -hmm. And this one I feel like he's pointing out all right i'm a real mc it's good to be here it's good to be back again doing my poetry thing i got my albums out others bought it stole my style i get it i'm gonna let these mcs know the truth about shit rolling on through um so here's my rap to those that slept and didn't get the first concept in depth i am the manifestation of study not the manifestation of money money sorry Therefore, I advance through thought, not what's manufactured and bought. And I think that's really cool. Then he's got the first and second album. Rocked you third album, made you think, and got through. Didn't you think I knew? Number three wasn't for the dance crew, but it gave me a chance to see who was really down with BDP. And then he's kind of flows into pointing out now that, like, he doesn't get support with his, like, real messages and shit. And, like, the radios don't want to play him and whatnot. And uh, I thought that was, like, pretty cool. And I like how he kind of shouts out this little fuck you there at the beginning to uh, George Bush <laughs> and Margaret Thatcher, who were the political leaders at the time. We're not talking about W. Bush. We're talking about the daddy himself, H.W. Um, anyway, then there's a little shout out to Scott LaRock, rest in peace and all that. Um, he spins in heaven while he rocks the earth. You know, MCs are adopting the styles. They drop. They got no direction. They got no direction. They got no direction. So they want to go pop, chasing their charge up and down like suckers, totally ignoring their sisters and brothers. So it's just pointing out, if you want to be like a real MC and you're really just about yourself, your shit's not going to last and you shouldn't be like that. And uh, be original. Be yourself. Be proper. You know, don't just cop other people's styles and try to do as gimmicky. Mm -hmm. 
So I liked it. I thought it was it was fun. It was like like when I say fun, I mean it wasn't like the densest shit. We're not getting uh, the deeper lectures on this one per se. Just more. I am a sick fucking rapper. You can try to mess with what I do, but I'll fuck you up with authenticity. So you should try to be like me. Funny, funny yeah. how that ends, but truth, because to be authentic means to be true to yourself. So you should be like him in the sense that you should be true to yourself. Anyway, four and a half on five, good beat, good rapping at hmm. this point. Yeah, I mean, this one for me, um, I don't know, like this, I, it wasn't my favorite one on the album. Um, you know, I found it like the beat to be kind of a little bit annoying, actually. Um, and this is like the first one that, I, that I've ever felt or on this album that I ever, that I find that just didn't, quite hit the mark and it felt a little bit flat um, and I didn't really feel like there was anything like too new that was like being like mentioned it was just sort of like the same old thing um, so for me it was just like an alright song I gave this a 3.75 actually that's alright um, there's still a few more on this album thanks Lindell uh, <laughs> the next one is called The Racist alright so I like how he starts off like how he's been taught to respect elders even and behave even if they were young and they sold slaves so regardless of the situation he was taught to respect his elders no matter what the history of the situation whatever truth and understanding is what he craves in the land of the thief home of the slave respect it good twist on that um and i i, I also want the truth and understanding especially with all the bullshit we've already discussed about how history is being rewritten on this very episode Yep. Turn your page to a brief demonstration because now in 90, it's strictly information I'm giving teaching on a regular basis. Today's lecture was about the racist. Oof, gotta love talking about racism when I rap hip hop reviewers, white people. <laughs> uh, we're not uh, to exaggerate or diss him, but show the symptoms and facts of racism. Understand a racist and equal. There's about five different types of racist people. Now, right off the jump, I have to say. Racism's real. I see it in my personal life, so I know it's fucking real. Um, and uh, I like the fact that he differentiates that there is more than one type of racist person out there. Maybe they're different degrees, but let's be real. They're all racist to some degree or another. So let's break down the different ways a person can be <laughs> racist. Yep. So the first individual is the raised racist. Here is the person that was just born this way. They were taught the white is superior. And so they're, they're like traditional racists. You're like, you know, the ones that you would think about when you, you think about the racists. Mm -hmm. um, so most people could recognize this person and understand they're the racist and it's very clear. So like they're not, they're just kind of there. But number two is where it gets more interesting. It's racist out of fear. So the people that kind of conjure up fear about what African differences are like and then figure out ways to deal with this fear and this threat, this change, etc. Yeah. So to, in, a, in a way that this would manifest is a lot of religious people, oh, you're a threat to our way of life. So we fear you and therefore are racist. And not, I'm not trying to sound condescending or weird with that. It's like literally that's what happens. Out of that fear, you derive accidental racism. You can call it if you want, but it's still racist. Yep. Number three is the unconscious one. Not knowing the racist, you know, the one that's like, yell at i'm not racist i'm not a bigot but you know all lives fucking matter and cops are good-hearted people who never shoot you know that motherfucker who's like gonna throw science in your face or whatever <laughs> trying to prove that he's not racist while saying some bigoted ass shit mostly because they missed the point or whatever they're unconscious about it yeah. they don't realize that by accident or intentionally or whatever that their actions spread racism 
number four is the money one yep. he actually doesn't care about seeing colors and shit unless he's talking about spreading wealth to other communities so they keep black men down they take the communities they go in um jews are particularly guilty of opening up shops in black communities and draining the resources with this attitude that blacks can't run businesses or shit like that and then I wasn't necessarily expecting the fifth group of racists to be what it was at this point, but this is yeah. the blacks who are just fucking racist. Um, last but not least, racial prejudice is the black man speaking out of ignorance. Whitey this and ching chow that. It's not how the intelligent man acts. You can't blame the whole white race for slavery because this ain't the case. A large sum of white people died with black trying hard to fight racial attacks. Yep. Like, you never hear that side of it. And I think that's what he's bringing <clears throat> up, is that you never hear about things like that. Like, when, you know, people are trying to do good and standing up for each other. Like, there were, not all, but there were definitely allies to the cause, just as, like, in my... Well, I mean, that's how, like, the whole, like, Underground Railway worked. It was all people who were helping other, you know, were helping out the black people who were trying to, like, escape. So, um, yeah. I don't know. My effort is to be an ally in all this shit. So to see KRS kind of shouting out, yo, don't just hate white people, hate racism. That's an interesting point. The media wants you to think that no whites really fought and died for civil rights. But once we have a true sense of history, you'll see this too is a mystery. If black and white didn't arg argue the most, they could cle see, clearly see the government screwing them both. This is some shit I feel for a while. I mean... Uh, even Ice-T on his latest Body Count album that we reviewed uh, way back uh, in 2017 <coughs> pointed out, like, it's really the poor people. They don't care if you're white or black. They're coming for everyone. And that's the truth that's going on. All the wealth distribution. I mean, it's an illusion that having a middle-class salary is a middle-class salary anymore. It's just all bunch of fake shit is everyone's getting fucked and they want us to be divided. They want us to be sticking to our guns. They want you to be left. You can't be left with some right tendencies. You got to be fully this or fully that or fully committed to a cause. And you can't have an open mind or you're a threat. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, while I really enjoyed the subject matter of this song, because it was really interesting to listen to, I felt like the beat was a little weird, a little bit yeah. off to me. So I gave it a 4.35 because like... You're still vibing to it. It's still there. It's just we're going back into the man. This is a long time ago beats a territory for me, at least. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that. Like the whole like I thought like the the topic itself was like very interesting, um, and I definitely thought that there was like a really cool use of sounds. Like it definitely was unique sounding, and it, it definitely reflected on like. It, I mean, it, you you think it sounds nineties? I think it sounds like it's pulling things from like. The, the no, 50s I mean, and, and like the 60s like and stuff. 80s beats. Yeah, maybe. Um, and like, and then at the end of this song, we just have like him or somebody like just kind of like playing on like the the scratch pad and just like playing with like the technology and like you know just like messing around with the music and kind of seeing like what he can do and how it can flow. And it definitely has like a on headphones at the very least. It had like a cool effect and it kind of bounced back and forth. And it seemed very like artsy. Like he wasn't just like doing this for fun. Like he was like creating something with this and like a, you know more of like a feeling. And it was just, sort of like a continuation of like what he was building with this album. So um, I gave it a 4.5. I thought it was pretty interesting. All right. The next one's a fucking monster. It's called <laughs> Seven DJs. Yeah. You know how you know this is the best beat on the album? How? Because... It's nine minutes and 17 seconds long, and that beat is so groove-tastic. sucks you in. You can just fly with it. 
that you don't really notice nine minutes goes by. I listened to this song four times for this review. I was almost 40 minutes dedicated to this one song. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to hate. It's just so big. So it starts yeah. off um, KRS-One hyping some shit up. He's got some people with him, etc. Chorus kicks in. It takes seven DJs to control the sound. It takes one sound system playing music loud. It takes seven DJs to control the sound. But D Nice, they're going. Uh, you're going to make the party live. You know, D Nice is going to make it up. And you know that from like a more very traditional hip hop point of view. The DJ is the maestro of the party, and the MC's there to hype up the DJ. So then, um, D Nice talks about banging on some girls. Um, please, how it's all about him. He's a selfish lover. I'm just or you know he doesn't <laughs> want to get taken his money sorry he doesn't want to lose money yeah and then he's gone and he was just there then heather b shows up and starts rapping her fucking ass off like shit like but the underground sister from the edutainment crew so what you do is back up if you work for bush because the presidential prison pushing politicians gotta get mush give me back my land you sucker you beat down my father you rape my mother africa i'm like that's some hard-ass shit right there. Yeah. It's basically like KRS one level hardness in terms of honest, truth-driven shit, but with rage and passion. And, like, I'm like, how have I never heard of this person before? But she's fucking fire, and she comes in, and she brings up Margaret Thatcher, and she just comes bust some shots for South Africa. Because I, I don't know if apartheid had ended or it had just ended or if it's just about to end at this point. Hmm. So, like, it's still going on at that point. And then she just does her verse, and it's fucking brilliant, and it's fucking really cool. This is nine minutes. I don't know. We can go through every fucking line that's dope on this one, but there's a <laughs> lot. Then there's the bitty bye 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 Jamal. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can't even do it, but he does that shit. And then there's a Jamal Ski. He, a he, I think, is a he, and he raps for a bit, and yeah, he comes Jamal. through. And it's really fucking cool to listen to. It's kind of got, like, me not got no nine millimeter. Me not want ya Uzi. And I can't really do the accent at all, but it, it comes in and it's fast paced and it's just fucking energetic and it's powerful and it follows on through. And again, it feels revolutionary. It feels like knowledge driven fights, people mad with some points. Then, um, enough said what this uh, KRS one comes in and introduces Harmony and she comes up and she says some shit that I thought was interesting. I perk, 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 perk you up. You don't need no coffee. Let me fill your cup uh, perk, you know, and I thought it was fucking cool. And then she's just rapping like, yeah, I'm a stimulator, administrator, activator, initiator, captivator, originator, percolator, perk you up is harmony in the minor key. That's pretty good. It's proper. It just rolls on through. And then there's still a lot more to come. KRS-One comes in and does his verse and it's strong and it just rolls on through. But it, he's playing more, I feel like, with that island sound. Like he's not trying to be so rapper. Like, it almost feels like this is like unapologetically like we're going to go out and be as ethnically who we are as we can possibly be while raging out which i find is really fucking cool to listen to miss melody shows up if i'm not mistaken she's his wife uh, at the time i don't know i remember somebody in this crew was his wife i thought that was cool that she was rapping there and she comes through uh jamalski's back for verse seven krs1 comes back for verse eight jamalski's back again for verse nine uh krs1 comes back for verse 10 and then it just kind of outros a bit yeah a lot gets said in this song but a lot of it is just mostly in, it's like this passionate like almost dance hall-esque feel of like passion and and really just i think what really just impresses me the most about this song is how well it flows kind of like that one where he does where it feels like a live experience 
only with an entire posse like the whole squad's there like the whole boogie down production team everybody's got their place everybody rolls on through and it just feels like this inclusive everybody has something to say experience mm -hmm. i gave it a 4.5 um it, it it's really great for a nine minute posse cut yeah, uh, I mean, so yeah, this is definitely like the, the crew cut, the posse cut, um, and like they're all kind of like at different levels. I found that they were like some that were like really good, and that some that felt a little bit more like amateurish. Um, but definitely, like this is like a song that I feel like you could put on if you just needed like something like in the background that you weren't really listening to too much, but like you just kind of wanted to have like that funky beat um, because it is definitely like hard to. At least for me, like, it was hard to focus on everything that was being said, mostly just because I felt like I just kept, like, getting lost in the in the beat. I mean, not, like, for when everybody was doing, like, their verses, but, like, when particular people were doing their verses, like, I definitely, like, like, the music overpowered them, like, kind of what they were saying. So I think that that's kind of was, like, a weakness, but, I mean, that's what you get when you have, like, a mix of, it, of everybody. Um, and I feel like this one wasn't was a little bit disconnected uh, in the fact that like everybody kind of sounded very different and um, you know had like different things to say and it wasn't necessarily like one story that was flowing through but it, it still worked in the sense that like I understand what he was doing that he was trying to like make it inclusive and like um, like have like that thing that everybody was kind of there and everybody was kind of getting like their chance to shine but it just felt a little bit too long and like I said a little bit disconnected and I wouldn't necessarily seek this one out but it worked on the album it has a good beat um but yeah I gave this a 3.5 on 5. All right um why don't we talk about how it can take 30 cops or more so this one is is kind of about the disproportionate police response to black men getting arrested mm -hmm. and like I'm I don't even have to leave Montreal in my memories to hear stories about this like very recently a black kid was rapping on the bus but just no matter what got reported to the cops the kid was rapping on a bus it took six cops plus he had to kneel in the snow and shit to get arrested how does rapping even if you're saying bitch and cunt really loudly on a bus results in six cops oh he was black right you know like it just seems to happen over and over again i say this because there's this fucking weird campaign in quebec to try to convince people and this is government induced that racism is not a real problem but i don't know about <laughs> that or the fact that our cops don't quebec have to is, uh, is a tricky place <clears throat> for that because there is a like a we're welcoming but there's still like that kind welcoming. of old school we're welcoming if you speak french and Catholic are super white hate. but like for real like our cops are not going to have body cams because you know our mayor pandered to them and when you read their bullshit excuses on how they're not effective and uh, the mayor literally just said well i think that the cops are going to be good to their word and we can just restore faith in the police but like this uh, guy, young black man got shot execution style up in my hood recently, like last year. So I digress. I like to bring that up just because people seem to think Canada is a good, happy place where shit never happens. Um, I don't know. If you're a black herb smuggler to watch you by the hour, it only means you have more money. Then you have more power. Then they'll come in the night. They'll read you your lights. There's no need to fight. If you're a black, there is no need to fight. 
It's just it. They're going to come arrest you and you can't fight back. They're mm-hmm. just going to take you. If you do, they'll fucking kill you. Years ago, a black man couldn't be a cop. They could only be great dancers. And the whole police department was right. Justice was the Black Panthers. We've been robbed of our religion, our government, and social position. And you won't see no quick solution until you see the black revolution. So here, if you look at the systematic abuse of authorities and how, like, we used to have our own way of dealing with it. I mean, even if you look at the Crips, it's community resistance and progress. You know, like, these initial moves were meant to help the communities when the cops wouldn't. And now these, you know, like they've been brainwashed into turning on each other and the system is still fucked up, you know. Mm-hmm. They arrest us by the hour because the black man in the ghetto has power. If he would wake up and unite, the police department would lose the fight. And then, yeah, it just kind of goes back to that first verse again. And then it's just the whole idea of like black people being united with knowledge is something that is so uh, heinous to the eyes of the white masters in control that they just destroy it and they persecute and disproportionate. I mean, there's so many police chiefs who have been accused of racist fucking practices. It's not anything. But then you get that little thing at the end where he's just gonna cross the border and we can catch him. You hear dogs barking. Just let me draw a bead on his black ass and he's dead. He's gonna have it. Let the dogs go. No, I won't do it. He's got four. They've only got two. Dogs will tear him apart. I won't do it. And it's just the idea that they turn dogs on people. Yep. Shit like that. It's just so fucked up. And then, you know what? Like, you can't even, like, like I don't know. It just, it, it disgusts me when I think about this type of shit as it should. It's fucked up. And it's a really powerful way to end the album. It's almost like saying, if you don't really think... There's a reason for this black revolution I've been trying to teach you through this intellectual awakening. Mm-hmm. Here's further proof, you know? Anyway, uh, this is a cool song in terms of its power and shit. I think it hits really hard, and I gave it a 4.5 on 5. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like, that's, I mean, you pretty much, you know, nailed it spot on, um, that the cops will, will kind of get you if you're a black person, um, and that, you know, like, they're kind of saying, like, when they arrest a black person, they need th- 30 cops or more there present, and it just seems, like, ridiculous, and, like, they're just not really sure why that is, um, but it does, you know, it only creates and continues to create like a a bad image you know for 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 black people if you you know oh it's going to take 30 people 30 white people to get control of this one person but if you there's a white person oh just send two cops that's fine like it just doesn't seem like like it's it's, it just seems like so bizarre um and so and then yeah he talks about like the hunt is on basically for um for like this these black men or the black man or whatever and they're hunting with dogs and um that the black black people need to like stand up and come together and otherwise you know the cops are going to keep doing this and so it's the only way to like kind of take take things back is to take control back and not be scared of the cops and kind of overpower them in a in a sense and this one is kind of it has like that like reggae kind of feeling again um and like there's some like more scratching at the end and like just kind of like playing around um and it was interesting it definitely felt like you know like kind of more history and more knowledge and i gave this a 4.25 all right we finally got into the end of this project with the last exhibit exhibit f mm-hmm. so it's almost like we're at the end of this lecture he was been giving throughout the whole album mm-hmm. that was kind of laced into the album and it's just when you realize you have this army or one concept or one thought, one movement, one action, what you have is called a revolution. It's kind of like what I was touching on a bit with the homogeneous populations being able to unite and accomplish greater things. So mm-hmm. as long as you're able to 
group and unite your thinking into a common goal you can in fact create this revolution but the more you're separated the more you don't understand the eye that's within all of us then we will constantly lose every single battle from day one to forever thank you we'll take questions now it just ends it like it's not ready you know like it was live or whatever and you just pictured the question and answer period is going to come his mm -hmm. lecture's done but what he's saying really just ties it all home. If you look at all these different ways he's giving truth and consciousness to people through this message, even the way he wrote the gospel of hip-hop, the way that he's used this platform to speak at schools, but the same intent of trying to get us all to get on the same page, to get over ourselves and to realize that by being more humble and knowledgeable, you will find the reasons why certain things are as they are. And with that, you can unite and defeat the division that is currently like, yo, shit's scary now. So if we can't get past this division, shit's going to get real fucked up. Mm -hmm. um, I gave it a 4.25. I, I mean, I understand its purpose is the closing of the album, but it's, it, I don't know. I, I want like a nice bang on my album closer. <laughs> this was conceptually a great bang. It tied it up nicely, but it still kind of left me like with a little bit of an emptiness just because it's another one of those skits. I mean, that's just nitpicking because the concept's fucking dope. Oh, I felt like it really like kind of like closed it off well, and I it kind <coughs> of like really like it gave there was like a beginning and then, like an end, and it was very clear and like this is kind of it. So for I mean for me it was fine. Um, and yeah, it's basically the same sort of thing, like, you know, just trying to like come together and you don't let, um, like, you know, your differences like divide, like stand for like what you are. And that's the most important thing. And like, um, you know, otherwise this kind of like hate and like ignorance and everything else is never going to end. And like, he just wants, you know, yeah, he's, it's interesting. And it's just sort of like the end of his speech, he's kind of wrapping it up. And he feels like he's kind of said everything that he needs to say. And he's given you a, a lot to think about on this album and a lot of things that you can change and a lot of ways that you can better yourself. And like, so there's a lot to work with if you really, really listen to his message here. Um, so, I mean, I thought it was a very good, powerful, you know, closing um, piece. So I get a 4.5 on 5. That's fair. Um, as far as this album as a whole is concerned, it is quite the experience. It is both educating and it serves the role of entertainment. And when I think about like moving forward in the future, I mean, we can't rely on the schools or TV or even the media to be teaching us truth. So what can we do? We can make our art whether you make music or draw paintings or write blogs or create podcasts or whatever you do. And you can use it to look for truth and knowledge so that that repository of truth and knowledge is there. Otherwise, through the censorship efforts of today, it's like our history is gonna get erased and a lot of the shit like this album, which sheds the light on many different topics, especially relevant topics to today. Stuff that, again, I feel that if more of the white folk out there were just just more knowledgeable on they would understand movements like black lives matter a lot more than just being opposed to it on principle mm -hmm. and so through knowledge we can overcome our differences and i admire that so much all right ismail this is for you <laughs> but my grade with the album as a whole the only valid album grade is 4.42 because the skits are part of an album but since i was asked to give a grade without the skits it went to a 4.48 so in my case the skits technically lowered the album a bit i don't know if i can call this like a classic from an entertainment like 
this is a great musical album to listen to perspective but from a knowledge philosophy like universities should maybe take this album and show this as an example of what hip-hop could be or is a good example of it something more knowledge driven something just interesting i mean every song is about something different it serves a greater narrative mm -hmm. it is a truly powerful concept album i mean he doesn't have to rely on really fast tricks or anything like that it's just his knowledge and his his, his message carries the entire album to a point where we can call the content he covers here kind of timeless in the sense that it's still so applicable almost 30 years later yep yeah absolutely um i mean this is it has very good messages i, I really think that like honestly like like every black person at the very least should be can get something from this and can get in, inspiration from this um especially if they want to like feel closer to like their roots and then you know they can kind of learn something more from from that um i also think other races can absolutely get um some insight into like maybe like the problems and like kind of how how like the people in it are seeing like the problem and how they're seeing the inner workings of it and it's always good to like have different perspectives on things um and that way you know we can help uh help the cause and you know do you know help with his message and help put his uh his his uh, mission, mission, miss, mission statement forward. Um, so I think it's to like help others like learn and just kind of continue to keep asking questions and to seek out the answers, like no matter how difficult it, it, it is, or it can be. Um, and I think that he's like very positive and he wants his people to be smarter and more successful and more powerful and better and, and just be, you know, everything that they can possibly be and to really live up to their potential. So um, I, I think this is a classic. I give this a 4.4, um, pretty close to what you gave it, um, you know, on five. So 88% overall. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a classic. I, th I don't know it's necessarily something that I would go back and listen to again and again, but there were definitely songs on it that um, that I will listen to again and again. And I think that, like, as, like, a, a whole album, like, if you look at it like a book, like something else, like a, a really, like, beginning and an end, and it really tells a story, and there's kind of, like, chapters in it. Each one is kind of telling you, like, here's a new story. Here's a new message I wanted to teach you about. So it's, um, it's really insightful. I think it was cool. All right. Well, thank you all for watching. We totally appreciate it. Feel free to leave comments. Uh, yeah. Like we said, uh, we definitely want to hear what you think. I'll answer every single one of them. It's super important to me to make this kind of a more of a community, a conversation, because as much as we have our thoughts and our opinions, I mean, I might have been wrong about half of what I said. And the only <laughs> way I'll know is if y'all take that time to educate us as we try to share our experiences with you. We hope you pro we provided with you, we provided you guys with some edutainment <laughs> um on that note special thanks to the patrons is milgan mc chris prado super Old school 1994 carl and lindell williams and lindell requested this as part of the patreon deal if you uh, join that tier, you get to get requests every couple weeks mm -hmm. and then in a couple more weeks somebody else's album will be i forgot who it is and we'll just keep running through it like that and otherwise because they support us we got a new camera recently and we'll, we'll we'll upgrade shit over time and make this a better experience for everybody and uh yeah one day quit our jobs and just get even more reviews <laughs> done Woo! 
Um, anyway, so thanks for them. They really support us, and it means the world. Uh, I also dropped a project recently, so you can check that out. It's music, I mean. Uh, it's on this channel, Spotify, that good shit. And yeah, let us know what you want to see us cover. Next week is another Patreon review. This one's for you, Carl. We'll do that goody mob one you wanted. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, back at it. So thanks for watching. Have yourselves a wonderful week. Bye, guys.